Hello and welcome to Spotlight. The guest on today's episode is the incredibly talented singer, composer and songwriter Chandana Bala Kalyan. She sings Carnatic, Hindustani, Sufi and jazz. Chandana is known as a vocal gymnast because her voice moves effortlessly across scales. She also has a huge social media following. And in person, she's sweet and simple as you will soon discover for yourself. Welcome to the show Chandana. Thank you. Thank you so much Sandhya ji. Uh, such an honor actually to be talking to you and uh, uh the first time of course we met was uh, for the festival under the rain tree festival and uh, i had only interacted with you on the phone but I, when i met you in person i mean the warmth and the affection that i received from you i think i will always remember that you had absolutely it was like i mean you were organizing such a big event you must have had like a thousand things on your mind but uh, the way you kind of welcomed me the warmth with which you received me i think that is something that i will always remember uh, so i'm really honored to be on this uh, show with you and thank you so much for having me my pleasure entirely chandana and i want to thank you again for uh, sharing your beautiful song for janmashtami it made the festival so special and talking about that i recall that you're one of the artists who got on to social media several years ago you know really early on what prompted yeah. you to do that actually uh it was uh, not a very i had been on social media for some time like i think from 2009 or 10 i had started kind of and it was at that time just you know chatting with friends and connecting with older friends from school and stuff like that but uh, there also came a time when people started posting you know their music and stuff like that i was not really too much into the recording scene uh, like i was not recording material in the studio and presenting uh, videos and stuff like that and not really working on music videos and stuff like that this just happened i uh, i actually worked on one particular song um it was for holi and i thought i should just do you know one song one idea that had come to my mind and i really didn't have the uh, idea to go to a studio and record it so i thought i just you know do a phone recording and i really practiced it many times because i it was so new to me just you know even recording a video on the phone so um i think after the third or fourth uh, trial or something i felt i was i was happy with it and that's when it actually started and uh, the response was pretty overwhelming it was like i i mean i i was like i didn't know how to even respond to that many <laughs> uh, people commenting and you know uh, liking it and sharing it and uh, i think that's where it began and after that i've just been posting every um, at that time it was pretty often in 2018 march it started i started posting almost one song a week and it was very very well received after that i've gradually kind of reduced the number of uh, posts that I, i do in a month yeah. that's really wonderful and i am one of the people who keep liking and sharing yes so. i know yeah. <laughs> you are one of the most regular listeners yeah i keep them coming is all that i can say Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chandana I know you're a grade A um, artist on All India Radio and you're a regular and much sought after performer on the Carnatic uh, classical music circuit in India 
But apart from that, you also interpret the Carnatic idiom and you use it to, uh, you know, sing different compos compositions from different genres. What prompted you to try that out? So actually, when I started off, like you said, it was only mainly Carnatic that I was focusing on, though there were uh, genres like ghazals, for example, I was very fascinated by the genre, but I didn't really pursue it much. Uh, I used to compose some Kannada uh, songs, uh, you know, poetry, and I used to just try and sing them like ghazals, but um, I never really explored or learned or anything. It was only Devar Namas and uh, Carnatic. Uh, but later when I moved to Bombay, uh, this was uh, in 2007. So I uh, I started uh, collaborating with a lot of musicians. And as a member of a band, it was like, I just wanted to, you know, just to kind of break the monotony of just the same ragas and stuff like that. I would just, you know, uh, try and explore a little bit in a different style. Like, uh, I cannot really claim uh, that I'm a Hindustani singer because I'm not trained in the uh, in the genre. But yeah, I mean, I just used to sing an ala, which was slightly different uh, sounding than Carnatic. And so then that would be like, okay, that is adding a certain variety. And then after that, it would be something else that I would try, you know. So these kind of uh, small little additions that I started making created a kind of a variety and gradually I started expanding those horizons and I started um, seriously uh, like trying to understand what goes into um, you know a, a particular genre of music could it could be bhajans it could be abhangs you know it could be uh, some a little bit of Natya Sangeet or uh, I just kind of started listening to those genres of music and uh, whatever I could incorporate I did, did incorporate but then um, Again, I would uh, like to say that it is only an interpretation of those compositions and genre. I mean, into a genre that is that is comfortable for me. It's not really uh, a Hindustani tradition that I follow, or it's not the bhajan sampradaya that I follow. It is a kind of somewhere. It's a mix that happens, and it's my own interpretation of those compositions. Can I ask you to sing just a couple of lines of your own interpretation? That would be really lovely for our viewers and listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I'll sing Savre uh, Aijayo, which is a very, very popular bhajan. Jamuna Kinare Moraga Jamuna Kinare Jamuna Something like that. Uh, traditionally, this bhajan is sung by innumerable uh, musicians, actually, and each person has a different approach to it. But uh, for me, it was uh, somewhere blending some of the folk elements as well, and somewhere it was also bringing in the Carnatic elements as well. So that kind of, uh, you know, that a kind of when I kind of like a song, it also undergoes a certain transformation in my head. And then I start kind of, you know, presenting it um, with all these mixtures. Lovely. That's really lovely. I remember that, you know, you had said for a long time you had wanted to sing jazz, but 
you had never got around to it somehow you felt that you lacked the confidence but when you did start singing fairly recently what a sensational success you became how did that happen actually uh, i had i had not really explored any of the western genres of music only it was only the indian genres that i had been singing and practicing even if i did practice ghazals for some time or even if i did practice uh, the abhanga tradition and stuff like that uh, i've always felt that you know there is there was a very strong uh, indian accent in, even in my english uh, there was also a very strong retroflex uh so the lurs and you know the rs and all they they were actually there is a certain way in which we south indians present uh, pronounce those right so uh i think that was a very predominant thing and i realized that it was a very significant aspect to the the style of western singing uh which i was not very comfortable with but uh, in 2013 i started uh, listening to a lot of jazz compositions and i was really uh, kind of uh, uh, very intrigued by the tech technique with which they were uh, you know presenting these compositions especially the instrumental jazz compositions uh, with amazing dexterity and also the kind the way those swaras were moving and for me exploring that was very very uh, it kind of i was obsessed with it to be honest for about uh, you know 7 to 8 months continuously at a stretch i was not doing anything else i was only kind of listening to these compositions and just trying to decipher them, them and, stuff. and stuff like that uh but however i kept away from uh singing uh the songs with lyrics so i only would interpret them as swaras you know just as notes and then uh, i think um i was still though i was constantly working just by myself i was trying to figure out how the vowel sounds were and everything i was still not very confident about singing it in uh, in in uh, to anybody else i'm still very shy you know if somebody is watching i still can't sing <laughs> i only sing it in sing into the camera and uh, now i'm fairly a fairly Uh, like i'm more comfortable with those words in the sense that i know how the words are supposed to be thrown and especially thrown musically uh, you know the vowel sounds become very important and uh, i mean all my life i have not pronounced uh, certain vowel sounds like that uh, i have had my own way of pronouncing them i've had a very um, you know regional uh, influence on those words and so then i gradually started figuring how to pronounce it and i think now i'm i'm at least uh, i know that i can work around things and i know that that sound can be produced if i work a little harder they brobeck uh, standard with such a yeah. uh, eternal favorite uh, take 5 and i know even the official they brobeck uh, page has shared your rendition yeah. and but of course you've sung many others one of my favorites my funny valentine you've sung that yeah. so can yeah. i ask you to sing a couple of lines either from take 5 or uh, my funny valentine whichever you like yeah of course um i can sing funny valentine and but again the funny valentine i actually interpret it more like a ghazal oh, you know uh, though the notes are around uh, the main melody the notes kind of move a little here and there and in giving it an indian approach so um sandigarigare sare garigari sare gani 
So basically the way it uh, travels is like that. It, it kind of explores and, you know, goes through it hits and goes a few ragas in the process. So uh, that is how I interpret this composition, my funny Valentine. That was lovely, Chandana. Absolutely lovely. And I, you know, I mean, it's such a easy and a lovely song and you enjoy it. I think that's the one, one of the reasons yes. why your videos are a big hit because it's very simple. You don't do any theatricals. It's just <laughs> you and the music and the camera is by the way. That's what everybody uh, <laughs> loves about your music. What about this new genre that you yourself are creating, Chandana, Marma? Tell us about it. So, Marma is actually not a genre, but it is more like a, um, it is a confluence of uh, devotional literature from across uh, the country, uh, written by uh, mostly the Bhakti poets and the Sufi poets and uh, spiritual poets from across the country, actually. So it happened again in the year, uh, uh, I think, 2012. Actually, I have been singing Dasa Sahitya right from men, obviously, because it is a part of the tradition. So I've been singing a lot of Purandara Dasa's compositions and um, I've been really so fascinated by Vachana Sahitya. And uh, this kind of journey, um, I was... In 2012 11, I was presented with this task of translating 842 Uga Bhogas. Uga Bhogas are Kannada shlokas written by the Dasas of Karnataka. So I was asked to do this by my Guruji Sri H.S. Sudhindra sir. So when that happened, it kind of opened a new door because I had started exploring Dasa Sahitya like I had never done before. And Every Uga Bhoga had to be researched because it was it had either a mythological reference or it had a reference to a certain avatara or, you know, it had a certain, um, you know, it was a question of some of the ritualistic practices. It was a questioning of blind, um, you know, superstitious beliefs. And so basically it was a, it was like a whole new world of uh, so much of, uh, uh, I was literally like, it was a moment of enlightenment for me that, Dasa Sahitya had so much to offer than what I used to think, which was only devotion, only bhakti, only bhakti in various forms. So when I started reading that, I, I felt that I, I wanted to sing this, uh, you know, uh, outside of Karnataka. I was obviously in Bombay and I wanted to present the composition. I, I used to think I'll probably sing this composition, give the meaning or translate it into Hindi and sing so that people can understand. But then later, uh, I... I just came across a book on Kabir, um, as in Kabir's, uh, Kabir's uh, poetry. 
And when I started reading and understanding it with my own limited knowledge of Hindi, I realized that all these things that I wanted to, whatever I, the Dasas had said, Kabir has also said. And then I, I started exploring certain other uh, uh, spiritual parts and I, I was like, oh, they also say the same thing. You know, they, every elevated soul ultimately says the same thing, which is there are many paths, but the ultimate way is to finally, you know, shut your eyes and find that Lord within you. And how does that Lord manifest? That Lord manifests through your actions and through your speech, through your, whether you're kind, whether you choose to be kind or not. That is when the, the Lord manifests, you know, you know that you have his grace when you can choose to be kind. When you, when you have an option to be mean to people, you actually choose to be kind. And that in that choice is where you actually find the Lord, uh, you know, within you. So this kind of thing uh, came across and I said, I wanted to choose one component each of different, 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 different poets from across the country and, you know, bring it all together and also explore, explore various uh, facets of bhakti. Like there are innumerable uh, like in bhakti itself, there are many, many uh, varieties of bhakti, as we can call it. Like there is something called as uh, guru bhakti, or there is something called as uh, a complete surrender. There is sankirtana bhakti. And then there is something called ninda stuti, uh, where, you know, you're, you're literally chiding the Lord. And you're like, you know, out of the desperation that you have of him not coming and taking care of you, there is a little bit of a taunt that is thrown at the Lord saying, as though you can't come and take care of me. Come on. It's like uh, somewhere there is a Sakya Bhakti also, where there's a friendly kind of a devotion, the kind of devotion uh, Uddhava and, you know, uh, Sudhama had for Krishna, knowing that the Lord is somebody supreme, but still treating him as a friend. Uh, something that, that Hanuman had for Rama, where, you know, he knew that he's a superior being, but still uh, he could treat him as a friend and assure him that you don't worry, we will find Sita, you know, that kind of, that, I think that all those aspects of bhakti, and then, of course, um, uh, Nirguni bhakti, where you're completely saying that in, by saying that the Lord doesn't really reside in one particular place or one particular object or one particular scripture. You're saying that he is omnipresent. He is present everywhere because his presence is there everywhere. It cannot be just captured into one image or one idol or one book or one uh, verse or a saying or a shloka. It is pres he's omnipresent. And in that, exploring Nirguni Bhakti. So all these kind of aspects, when I started I wanted to kind of present it on one platform and give like a small capsule of what our, our tradition and you know our literature can offer. And also I wanted to explore them in genres of music that I was uh, kind of, you know, uh, I, was, I was experimenting with like a little bit of bhajan and Sufi and, um, you know, the Kavali tradition, the bhajan tradition, uh, the Kriti tradition, the Ragam Tanam and Pallavi tradition. Uh, so basically, these are all uh, and the folk uh, traditions also. Little bit from the Baul music and little bit from Kolata and you know this kind of things I wanted to explore. So that's how I kind of put together this whole concept of Marma. Chandana, you also have a very unusual talent musically. You sing in polyrhythm cycles. Uh, can you explain what it is, and can you just do like a tiny demo? Uh, so actually, it was something that is it's uh, it's uh, uh, the concept of avadhana or 
just to be able to focus you know just it loosely translates to be able to focus on something so on being able to focus on one thing is usually what we do but i think we also i mean human beings we are at the same time we are able to focus on multiple things at the same time we have that gift uh, that gift in music translates to exploring various aspects in fact avadhana uh, is a very 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 popular uh, concept of our tradition also there are there are there used to be tests uh, earlier where a person used to sit for a test to be called an ashtavadhani where he would be uh, focusing on eight different things parallelly at the same time at the same time there would be a shatavadhani there would be a test which would be conducted by the scholars to call somebody a shatavadhani which means he would be able to you know focus on 100 different things at the same time like he is supposed to recite a verse at the same time calculate a you know a mathematical number and then in between somebody will be uh, you know throwing something at them and they have to count how many have been thrown so these are all different different kinds of you know avadhana is a very is a concept which is predominant but uh, kind of fading off now in our in our uh, tradition but kala uh, avadhana actually has come to be known as being able to uh, focus on two rhythmic cycles or sometimes more than two rhythmic cycles uh, parallelly and that was something i never thought i would even uh, i i never even thought i could do that actually uh, but it was only about uh, five years ago or something uh, i was watching um, a drama uh, horatio horatio hernandez and i was watching him do like a um, Uh, you know a polyrhythmic uh, groove on his drums where on the left hand he was playing something else on the right and then there was something he was playing with the bass drum and so i thought you know i just wanted to translate that and see if it is possible so it translated to rupakatala and um, divisions of 5 uh, and 7 in the right so that's how i incorporated it's difficult to put because i need to put the thalam on my thighs but it's almost like the, uh, it's like tak dhina tak tak dhina tak on the left hand and on the right hand it is that thing that that thing that thing that that thing so it's going like this that that thing that thing that that thing that thing you know it is going in this way and uh, that is the first polyrhythm uh, sequence that i actually uh, I, i can i can't really claim it as polyrhythm because polyrhythms are much more complex also there is a lot of this is just like a tala groove that i created and i practiced that and i when i was able to recite i was very very happy you know uh, then then i tried with different other combination combinations so another combination was to do 4 and 3 another combination was to do 10 in uh, you know multiples of so basically take 5 is 1 uh, 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 a tala called mishra jhampa and uh, in the right hand so this was basically 10 into 220 in this hand and this is 4 into 520 so that is how they they both come together it's little difficult to display that now but uh, so what happens is the total count of the cycles of the tala comes to 20 and uh, i was just working on all these and uh, take 5 is something that i had learned much much before and when i started uh, working on this tala cycle i felt that take 5 is something that will be very interesting to groove with it though take 5 originally has a different groove tadhin tadhin tad Ding, da, ding, da, ding, da. that is the way it grooves in five but uh, here um, it is like 
so it has a different groove so i thought let me you know just see if that melody sits on this groove and it sat beautifully so i thought i'll just you know do a recording of that 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 was something that uh, a lot of people kind of enjoyed and and then i also worked on you know 14 and 7 so this hand is 14 uh, or counts and this is like you know two cycles of this so you know this is in the second speed and you can almost think of it as a second speed and this is in the first speed and stuff like that so those were things uh, those are things that i i keep working on and um, i mean there are i know that there are tala avadhanas which are much 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 more complex and there are a lot of musicians who do that and they like you know this will have a total count of so two cycles of this will come to one cycle of this you know it's like very very complicated stuff i've not still ventured into that i only focus on the grooves uh, and because for me it is also important that it 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 is at some point people are also grooving with it it's it shouldn't be too complicated that you know it just goes bounces and then nobody is with you when you're performing you're all you're alone you're not able to take people with you in right. that journey chandana i know you're a part of three bands uh, one of them is an all women band and you've sung uh, for uh, films and you also compose for films what's next on your agenda there is this uh, company called vox guru which is headed by uh, pratibha sarathi and uh, so she uh, we we spoke uh, during the lockdown and she approached and she said if i would be interested to do like a series of small lesson modules presented in small pockets uh, for advanced lessons like um, learning a raga for example you know learning all aspects of a particular raga so this is a, a this is a course called world of ragas on a vox guru which i worked on and um, now it is going to be aired in the next uh, one month or so it's going to be launched uh, the other one is also that i've worked on uh, some uh, another app which is going to be uh, on uh, uh, giridhar udupa's foundation which is called udupa foundation and uh, then uh, there are some some lessons that i've been working on but i've also been working on uh, some uh, so i have always wanted to bring out an album with the content of marma where uh, yeah, so the first first when uh, i started working on marma the idea was to bring it out as an album not more uh, as a concert uh, live concert set but eventually it became a live set because a lot of live concerts happened and uh, so i'm also trying to record some of the material of marma and i'm trying to bring i intend to bring out an album sometime soon Uh, so these are some of the projects that are happening now and uh, little bird told me that you're also working on your own youtube show what is that going to be about actually i have always been fascinated about uh, again when my study of uh, spiritual poets began uh, it was so fascinating to see how some of the women poets wrote and also the women poets some of them who belong to very very low uh, castes and had experienced a lot of uh, oppression and the poetry that emerged from in spite of being so oppressed and in spite of being so um, you know uh, so so ill treated uh, per se uh, the poetry was never bitter the poetry was that of enlightenment you know where they could surpass the bitterness and they could convey 
and they could take all of that bitterness into a positive uh, thing and they were able to surpass all that and they could be enlightened because of that hurt or because of that pain um that was so beautiful for me to uh, i mean for me to kind of experience and read especially soira bai's poetry in avgharanga ekasala so uh, soira bai belonged to a dalit community she was uh, choka mila's wife and uh, they were obviously not allowed into the temples because they belonged to the dalit community but when she write writes the poetry she says uh, you know why is it that there is a need at all to uh actually go and look at the idol because when you actually look into the idol the power that the lord has is he can nullify everything he can nullify the one who is viewing the one who is viewed the whole process of viewing everything becomes one so that that is the kind of that is the greatness that uh, the power of the lord is which surpasses all these things whether you are allowed into the temple whether you are not allowed whether somebody who belongs to superior caste um, asks you not to you know so that kind of relations were very very so i so to cut the long story short i wanted to bring together you know um, poetry by all these different women poets uh, which is also one of the uh, uh, you know you had given me the opportunity to actually present this at under the rainy festival and uh, that's also where my, the part of the research actually began with respect to akamaha devi and uh, so i kind of put some of the material together and now i intend to bring it out on my youtube uh, channel i would also like to you know present it um as a small episodes or uh, you know small series like that i feel so happy hearing this that the festival yeah. actually served the purpose of inspiring yes. <laughs> of course you know? yes and uh, yeah before we end i'm going to just ask you again sing the song you know you were quoting this uh, woman uh, poet and uh, you really liked her yeah. song which you narrated yeah. so beautifully this whole uh, spiritual experience can you sing a yeah. couple of lines yes of course beautiful chandana thank you so much for sharing your views and uh, this beautiful music mesmerizing experience thank, thank you so much, much. 
and uh, look forward to seeing you on social media seeing your weekly updates with new music and all the best for your youtube show thank you very much thanks a lot sandhya ji it was really an honor talking to you and such a pleasure always talking to you thank you so much thanks a lot you can also view the interview as a video on the rainry media youtube channel until i'm back next week with another interesting guest take care and bye bye do subscribe to the rainry media channel on youtube like comment and share the videos